Scott on the show, and we also have a very special guest. We have the uh, an education specialist uh, and the president of the St. Landry Association of Educators, Jamal Taylor, on the show. How are you, Jamal? Man, if I were any better, I might be having twins. I'm doing absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and it's a pleasure to be we were just talking before the show. Uh, first off, um, he's been doing a lot of really great work around the uh, the sort of response to the Trayford Pellerin shooting uh, by police. And he's also been, I met Jamal actually for the first time uh, where we were work, we were at the state uh, Senate uh, education committee hearings where we were uh, fighting to try and keep the schools open and safe. I mean, close, well, open back up safely rather, if I can just put it in that way. Um, but uh, what I, I want to talk to you about um an uh, event on on Friday that you and multiple other people are hosting uh, to essentially value you know black lives and show the inequities in sort of our society and in policing. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, are we talking about the Saturday event? You Sa- might be talking about Saturday. I beg your pardon, Saturday. So that's why I wanted. To, I guess that the first question I should ask you is, what day is it? <laughs> yeah. So on on Saturday. Um, there will be, um, INFAC will be in town. And if you're not familiar with INFAC, that's a not fucking around coalition. <laughs> I, I don't want you to get fined by the, you know, the folks. You're good. Uh, however, um, they will be out to stand in solidarity. Um, if you're not familiar with INFAC, they um, are a paramilitary organization. They carry weapons. Um, and it's caused a great deal of consternation in, in Lafayette because, of course, we laugh yet as the hotbed of nice racism in Louisiana. You're really smart for a black boy. Mm-hmm. Bless your stuff. heart. Yeah, bless your heart and all that <laughs> foolishness. And so, of course, every toothless racist in a 20-mile radius is terrified for their lives, even though the march is downtown Lafayette, which is not really residential. Mm-hmm. Um but an event to stand in solidarity and show unity in our community. Um, we will also be doing a major voter registration day party that day for people in our age group to, to just get registered. Mm-hmm. And then there's something big coming on the 16th called the blackout, but I can't tell you about it because it's big. It's big. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So there's a lot going on. And, and this is in what we talked a little bit about this on the show, but it's in response to the, amongst the things that have been happening a little bit more nationwide uh but there was a murder of a man named jacob pellerin uh i'm sorry trayford pellerin uh in lafayette he was shot in the back was it nine times by police ten times ten times Uh 
And so there, I've seen the videos that you've been posting, and and you know you know how I like to do. I like to kind of get in there and stir it up a little bit in the comments. Um, but but essentially, y'all have been pushing. You had essentially gotten people and people had gotten in trouble for like grilling outside of some like of the um, what is it the mayor president of of Lafayette's um, house. So what's going on out there, and what's the sort of scene on the ground uh, as things are going? Yeah, so our mayor is, is quite honestly, I, I used to think that the stuff is intentional. I just think he's stupid. <laughs> um, quite honestly, I think our sheriff is probably the greatest risk to our community. <laughs> he's very subversive. Um, I think that he's feeding the mayor BS to do, mm-hmm. to be completely honest. Um, and the behavior is, is very strange. But anyway, <clears throat> with regard to on the ground, I think, so the mayor tried to pass an, uh, an emergency ordinance saying that people could not congregate downtown, basically, um, which alert made the ACLU's flags go up. And they yeah, sent right, right to assemble already getting sidelined right there. Right. I don't know. I feel like all those like publicly funded squares and uh, buildings should be accessible to people. Right. I mean, if you believe in the U.S. Constitution, right, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And most of us have taken civics. And so we realized here at Lafayette, like, we're going to protest anyway. And so we did. And when I got on stage, I said, take your damn emergency decree and shove it. Mm -hmm. We we, we are going to assemble. We are going to do so so that we get justice for people like Trayford Pellerin. Mm -hmm. Um, But but more importantly than that, here about a week ago, in right down in St. Landry Parish, where I work, two sheriff deputies beat a man that was strapped to a chair and beat him so badly that they knocked his tooth out. Oh, wow. They also slammed his head into a concrete wall. And so all of the righteous indignation from the racists in this community that were so upset when we blocked the, the driveway to a gas station, I don't see any of those people out complaining about the fact that a man that was in a chair was assaulted unmercifully by two white sheriff deputies. Mm-hmm. And it was caught on camera. Now, the sheriff terminated those two employees, but what is happening in our prisons that make these people believe that they can do the things that they are doing to people of color? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're right. Well, and it's got to be tied to the, I mean, I guess, to the, not just the history of the country, but the history of the area in some way, right? Um, I mean, what do you think about that? So Lafayette didn't have a true civil rights movement. If you think about places like New Orleans, you had Aretha Castle, Haley Act of people in, in Baton Rouge, and people don't really know this. The first successful bus boycott was done by Reverend T.J. Jemison. so much so that Dr. King went to Baton Rouge and learned how to do a successful bus boycott from the Reverend T.J. Jemison, <laughs> who we met with on the campus of Southern University. Many people don't know that. I in, Lafayette, know. in Lafayette, there was no real civil rights movement. What happened was a couple of families were called in, and those families were put into power by the people in the power structure, the more docile and well-educated individuals that would perpetuate this cycle. And and quite honestly, there are several elected officials who share the names of those elected officials that were put in power back then. Um, And and, and this is not negative on their part, but Wilfred Pierre was the first person to hold a a seat for state rep. His nephew now occupies that seat. Uh, One of our first black school board members, um, Tony Chasson, Mm-hmm. His son, Timmy Chasson, is now on the school board. And so there's this this, this cycle of, of um, 
problems in the city. And so when I met with the mayor a couple of weeks ago, when we were protesting, everybody talked and I said, oh, great, 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 great. But everybody was kind of pussyfooting for the lack of a better term. I said, listen, this city has never had a civil rights movement. I'm here today to welcome you to it and to let you know we will not stop. Mm -hmm. We will continue to protest. We will continue to march until something happens in this city. Mm Wow, yeah, and and it does need to happen, and and that's really so that that you never I never knew that 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 there was the uh, sort of civil rights movement never quite touched on the certain like pockets and you know areas within and throughout the the country. I, I it's not something that I'd really kind of connected in my brain, but now that you say it, like I kind of can can see that because I mean I've lived in the South my entire life, and there are places that are just so completely. Uh, I guess I guess pre uh, uh, like they, they feel very sort of pre civil rights movement in a, in a sort of certain sense. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to like name out. Oh, let's see. I, I lived out in in certain like rural places like Picayune, Mississippi, and it's just like a very 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 sort of like deeply segregated sort of place. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that I think that in Louisiana that is more prevalent than it is not. I mean, like mm-hmm. there are places that people say. Make sure you drive slow through there. Don't get oh, yeah. at night. I mean, and so the reality is what we have something in Louisiana, like it's called nice racism, right? Like the stuff I told you. Yeah, the, the beginning. beginning. And, I, and I wrote a piece that was in the uh, Big Easy magazine. I don't know if you saw it about that concept or idea. And so what I would say is it's par for the course for Louisiana. And because we are not a state that really flips back and forth, because we are a very red state, in our voting patterns, it allows us to go unnoticed. People are just like, oh, they'll be fine in Louisiana. I mean, they're going to vote for Trump anyway, so just kind of let it go. And we all know that unless you're burning shit or stealing stuff, looting, or you are a swing state, you just don't get the media coverage that you need to make the systemic change that needs to happen. That coupled with a jackass for a governor, I think, puts us in a very unique Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. And a Republican as the state party chair. Well, yeah, it's pretty rough because uh, people are always like, you always see the people from the, the like the main these big news organizations. They're like, well, you guys need to vote and all. It's like, I mean, voting is really like in our state. What is it going to do for us? Like on a national level, like getting involved locally seems to be kind of the move out here because like nobody cares about Louisiana. It's just somewhere where like the worst like talking heads for the president come from. Like our state, our state senators just like always talk to that guy. Like John Kennedy, that dude is, he probably on the payroll or something like that. Dumber than John Kennedy is Clay Higgins. Oh my oh, God. Who, yeah. who I had to apologize talking about, I wouldn't spill a drop of beer and drop 10 of you. And now he's calling to apologize to in fact, because what he said was reprehensible and an attempt to cite a, a, a start a riot start a riot and so we just get all the dented fucking canned goods is what happens folks like we go down the aisle for elected officials say that that canned good is dented and kind of rusty let me go ahead and pick that one up and put it in the basket yeah like uh kennedy he used to try to run for democratic like democratic seats out of state and stuff and then he decided to come home he's like well i couldn't make it in the couldn't make it in the triple uh, a league so i'll just play like local softball <laughs> right right and, 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 and I don't know if you all are familiar with the Ronald Green case. Have y'all have y'all touched on that case? Tell okay, me about uh, it. I don't believe I don't believe we have. So Ronald Green um, is a gentleman from North Louisiana. 
the state police said that he was killed in a car accident. I posted a picture of it. The accident was like the, the bumper was like scuffed up and fallen off a little. But in the report, in the initial report, they said, hey, this guy is, he died in a car accident. Well, when the medical examiner looked at him, he realized he had been tased four or five times <laughs> and that there were knots from blunt force trauma all over his head. I posted the pictures of, of the body too, so that you all oh can see gosh. it. And so, and so, um, but what we found out is that officer was on for 17 months after he killed that gentleman, 17 months. Before it was addressed in when, any way? Be, yeah, before they did anything to him. but. There was body cam footage. And when someone dies, I'm sure the first thing that your supervisor is going to do is go and review the body cam footage and all that stuff. So for 17 months, state police hit it because it was state police. It was a state police pullover. Mm -hmm. Well, Mr. Green's case started coming up and we started mobilizing around it. And what we found out was they did know. And the governor is aware and has not said or done anything about mm -hmm. it. But it's his state police. He has the right to hire and fire Colonel Reeves. Colonel Reeves... And his department are the same people that are investigating a trade for Pelerin matter. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it even more reprehensible that you couldn't get a cop by a state trooper fired who murdered a man. And you're supposed to be investigating something for us. Ah, oh, bullshit. And so long story short, they, the, the street committee is telling us a, so supposedly that on the recording, he says, oh, fuck, I think I killed that motherfucking nigga. Wow. Uh, so basically it was just completely I mean like it's I guess it's not surprising and it shouldn't be surprising. But I mean like when it's laid out in front of you that bear, when like when it's so brazen that there's just this I mean like that's a cover up. I mean that's literally what it is. Um and and you know like, the, like there's a history of 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 cops, you know, the the idea of the the, the blue wall you know the fact that they'll 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 never ever snitch on one another, and they'll go to the point where they'll lie in court to to um to to, to back one another up, and then and then and then in addition that that the way that it manifests sort of like along these racial and economic lines, you know, it's just it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous and, and it's and it's outrageous and I yeah. no absolutely I mean I think I think what's cra even more crazy you ready for this go for it. They sent him a letter and said, we're firing you after the news picked it up, after the national news media picked yeah, up the story. Because there's oh, pressure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Would you like to know what happened to the state trooper? What happened he to him? Down. He died. He died. His car, he was in a single car accident uh -oh. and ended up dying. And, and of course, they rewarded him. And oh, did they give him like a state funeral or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they spent money to have a SWAT team protect his funeral and drones and all of that stuff, knowing that they were going to fire him. And I believe that he's still being allowed to keep his pension, which I find even more reprehensible, particularly if that body cam footage shows him murdering and a, a, a person and using the sort of language that we understand is on that recording. Yeah. Folks, it, it is. It, we are living in perilous times. But when you got a jackass like Donald Trump saying, "Proud boy, stand up!" Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> just, just the the monkeys are running the zoo. 
Well, and that's yeah. one of those sort of things too, where when you like, you don't even have to think about this for very long. But like, when like that is very, very clear. If anybody, so we're recording mm-hmm. this on Thursday uh, after the presidential debate. And if you want to get into that, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. The way that um, that particular thing when 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 Donald Trump uh said you know when he was talking about specifically like it was surrounding the election but he was talking about the proud boys which is sort of like uh i mean i would say that they're essentially a paramilitary gang in a certain sense that what they're basically the kkk they just don't wear hoods and 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 they wear polos instead (laughs) <laughs> and and he basically said, "Oh, they're they're, you know, when this election rolls around, you know, make sure that you have your your guns ready, stand up and stand by." Uh, which is like, I mean, if nothing else, it's inciting, you know. And and that's one of those things that gets like stirred up, and there's there's sides being taken in this whole thing. What I find hilarious though is that Joe was like literally lighting <laughs> him up yesterday. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. Was, uh, I didn't expect that. Like, and just me, I uh-huh. did not expect that kind of a performance from Joe. But Joe held it down. Joe was like, shut up, man. Uh-huh. Or my favorite line was, everybody knows you're a liar. Like, everybody <laughs> knows you're a liar. I thought the, the best line of the night. Yeah, do you think, though, because I was thinking about this, and we were talking about this last night on, on the, we, had, we did a live stream on Twitch uh, for the show, uh, for the debate, and one of the things that I was concerned about is that, yes, he's sort of, like, calling out a lot of this, like, bs that trump's throwing at us but then he's not offering up anything other than like back to normal in ret- return do you, ever, do you ever get you feel that concern or, you, or do you feel similarly or i think that i think that donald trump is so reprehensible uh-huh. that it's Joe's race to lose and so yeah. even trying to negotiate a clear and concise plan with him on the line mm-hmm. would invite would just invite confusion uh-huh it's just it's just you got to go totally like not that this so look at him like he's crazy he is a psychopath Uh it is so weird how like they're applying nostalgia the biden campaign for like but instead of like the 50s or the 70s or whatever like people's idealized time is like man don't you remember how good it was four years ago (laughs) right 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 (laughs) powerful itunes is still a thing Man, I would man, be, I would be, around. I would be happy to be like in a place that was like seven months ago, honestly, like before all this COVID lockdown stuff. <laughs> no, Trump was still president. I'll yeah. pass on that one. Okay. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't understand, Jeff. Going back in the past means we just have to relive all the stuff we hate all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, y'all. I don't think that this election is going to even be close. I think like Joe. You think it's going to be a gold water? Goldwater oh, blowout. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. Like everybody, Trump has a group of supporters. He has the small group of loud reporters that just do dumb shit. Yeah. However, regular Republicans are at home. Like, oh my God, he's a wackadoodle. Yeah. There's a lot of time that like the Lincoln Project is like the most funny thing I have seen lately. Like the Lincoln Project, a group of Republicans who are staunchly Republican, yeah, literally spend all their time and effort trolling him. I love it. Uh, Think yeah, about the last time that happened, like where so many people were so firmly against their own party's nominee. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I hope I mean I hope I hope that you're right in the sense that like Trump will be gone. Um, 
I, I, I just feel very, very concerned that, that there's just people that will sort of like signal that this is not acceptable, but still like vote their economic interests. If you know what I mean? I don't know. The, the crazy thing is like these folks that are voting for him, the ones that I see at these rallies. Yeah, that's not in their economic interests at all. Oh, uh, no. They're the ones that's getting the food stamps. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, I did want to transition a little bit to get into some of the specifics of uh, returning to school and COVID. Uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording um, about about what's going on in St. Landry. I guess maybe like, uh, can you talk about how things have been, how, how we got to the position that we're in, and then sort of like what you're seeing kind of going forward? Because y'all have been y'all have been on uh, y'all have been virtual. For for a large amount of time, and 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 other places haven't been. What got y'all to even be virtual instead of instead of uh, in person in the first place? So we organized, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I am a, and I'm gonna be arrogant here, but I'm a damn good organizer, right? So we organized. We we shipped the rafters. We had the conversations. We played the playbook well, and we're able to get ahead of this. But I will say. And, and, and just in my full transparency, I think our state union leaderships on both sides are garbage. Mm-hmm. I think that they didn't do enough to, to, to mitigate mm-hmm. what is, in essence, sending teachers to their death and to be mm-hmm. sick. And so on the local level, we had to do a whole bunch of fighting to, to make that a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is just kind of saying, like, y'all are still having meetings virtually. What are you talking about? as it relates to us going back to school, you're not even in a room with 25 kids that are sneezing, snotting, and blowing everywhere and everything. And so I think the political pressure mm-hmm. in our district has helped to change it. Listen, five people went out front of the school board with signs and organized. Mm-hmm. The school board voted to change, change, make a change of the decision. However, the next day, there were a hundred parents and families and educators out there saying, like, you made a mistake. However, school boards do what school boards do. And so they choose who they're going to listen to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and given the given the I could say something very shady about the group of people that went out there with the signs and no masks. But I'm I'm sure that everybody that's listening and can hear the sound of my voice knows yeah, they all, all of them, I'm sure, are going to be cast in a ballot for your president, Donald Trump. <laughs> and, you know, that reminds me, uh, like right at around the beginning, uh, uh, well, maybe not, it was a couple of weeks into when like the quarantine happened and, and they started doing the, a lot of the lockdown. A friend of mine who lives in Detroit, uh, she was telling me, and, and it, was, it did make national news, they had a lot of people in these like suspiciously fancy, like, you know, your vehicles like these nice big trucks and they'd be running around with no mask and talking about how you know they couldn't go and get their hair done or their or whatever um which they're obviously like small business owners or 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 and they've they've been impacted by this potentially or maybe they're totally paid but but they're these sort of like class of people who are almost like a stage protest like and that sounds a little bit like what you were talking about there um and 
it's funny how that gets a response, but but when you can have, like you said, hundreds of people. We had hundreds of people at the Jefferson Parish School System uh, central office, and and you know there was almost like a barely even a recognition of what was what was needed. So uh, yeah, it's it's really wild. Well, I, and, and listen, let, let me make this connection for you. I was making uh-huh. some of my last this the other day. <laughs> you know, you look at. <laughs> These pe- these masks, folks. Mm-hmm. These ones that say, "Oh, I have my constitutional right to not wear a mask," and they again, same group of people, a bunch of Karens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think deeply troubling is their behavior. Um, but when you look at that group of people, they're the ones in the comments on the Trayford Pellerin's case in the comments saying he should have complied. Well, bitch, you need to comply. Yeah. And the police start pistol whipping the fuck out of y'all for not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, guys, I cuss a lot. It's just who That's I am. Good. But they're the first people that scream, you need to comply. Shit, no, you need to comply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. They, 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 they uh, it, it, Robert, who's one of our co hosts, often says, like, uh, says something about libertarians, uh, which is what these people would probably view themselves as. But, like, when when like these people who call themselves libertarians are like more for like police violence when they you know they say they for individual liberties but as soon as they cross a line or as soon as they do something that they don't like they want like they want the manager to come in and just beat the shit out of whoever is doing it you know doing a thing they don't like like that's not libertarian at all i mean the uh those people like libertarians pretty much in general like other than they're like the completely the thing that uh right wingers say that liberals are or like leftists are they're like oh well this will never happen you're just pie in the sky uh all this and that like it'll never go on but then they have like all these insane ideas that like aren't even like like there's no science behind them and they're just like completely like not even trying to get them applied it's just like like you're the ones just doing brain exercises over here. Like people are actually trying to get like Medicare for all and stuff. Like this is not the pie in the sky crap. <laughs> exactly. He had to go step out for a second. I'm pause. All right, we're back. So uh, libertarians, yeah. Scott. No, they're just like they're the ones who are like coming up with these terrible ideas, like make heroin free or whatever, and. Uh, <laughs> And like they're they always look at people like trying to get Medicare for all and like like help rent and stuff and they're like oh well what are these pie in the sky ideas like you guys are insane <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> y'all these folks are crazy I mean do y'all watch this shit online and be like oh my god these folks are fucking nuts I mean I stopped like thinking I was going insane a long time ago now it's just. It's just like I'm drinking NyQuil every morning, it feels like. <laughs> like it's I'm looking at through like a haze of like like surreality. Like I'm just in a bad dream. It is it is it is very much like that and it's scary. It is absolutely scary the place that this country has gotten to so quickly. Um and I think part of the the, the largest piece of this that concerns me is just like there's no adults right now. None. The Trump administration and the people around him, like Mitch McConnell, make this very, very difficult. I, I would say that I think as we move forward up to this election, I hope the Democrats take the Senate. I'm sure we're going to take um, the White House. I'm sure we're going to widen our lead in the House. And what I would suggest people do 
It's just give them the business afterward. I would like stack court, every like you want to play silly games? Let's play them. Yeah. I just run everything through and piss all of them off. I'd raise their fucking taxes by 20%. Yeah. It's the big big thing Obama should have did. Like he was always trying to like get the West Wing uh, perfect solution to everything. He was trying to be President Bartlett. And it just messed up everything because like those motherfuckers did not want to work with them. Like all they all they had to do was like hug onto their uh hug onto their their big like wallet and make sure like nobody ever gets a hand in there. Well, it's one of those sorts of things where you're trying to have a conversation while they're trying to kill you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that is exactly what it is. <laughs> like like you're in the middle of a fight and you're just like, hey, hold on a second, that's not very cool. You know, like yeah. that kind of thing. I can't believe you threw sand in my eyes. Yeah, sand. you're like, why are you brandishing a knife at me? You yeah. know? Somebody, pull, somebody pulls a knife and you're like, point of order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I don't know, like like when it came to a lot of the return to school stuff and like they would essentially do like they would threaten. Like I remember the very first time that we met at that, that Senate uh, house, we were t- we were talking you, me, Karanda, M- uh, Maria. All of us were talking about how it was um, like dangerous and impossible to make for us to do our jobs. People were going to die. And what did they get upset about? The fact that you might have raised your voice or something like that. Uh, like that's what they're concerned about when we're talking about the literal like deaths of people on the line, the infection I mean, and permanent damage of people of COVID. At that at that level of politics, like things like decorum and manners just become like a. Uh, like a, a soft like like a soft velvet hammer to just hit you in the head with like mm-hmm. oh it it looks so nice and like it's got a very shiny finish and like it's very it's very uh very soft when it touches your skin but like it's still a hammer and it will like brain you right absolutely i think i think i think what you saw exhibited was classic white privilege right mm-hmm. like folks thought that they would talk to me any kind of way and be reckless and they got checked and so their feelings got hurt cuz they got checked but they also got to the place where they came and apologized too mm-hmm. because they knew that their behavior was reprehensible. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they apologize to you off the record? Oh, of course they did. <laughs> yeah. uh, whoops. Let, let the minutes reflect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to send out an addendum email after this where you get your formal apology. Right. I think he was more scared that he got called a racist. Like Jared bro put on Facebook that he was a racist. He thought his behavior was racist and white privilege. And so he's <laughs> Everybody's calling. Senators are calling. They call the state president. She calls. Can you believe that I got a call about this? Y'all need to take that post down. No, you need to mind your business. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you? Can you? Can you imagine getting called something like that? <laughs> right. It's terrible. Right. And, and of course, of course, no racist is ever really a racist. Oh, I'm not a racist. Yeah. I mean, somebody could say an N word like to your face. But like, oh, there's some extenuating circumstances. He's having a lot of trouble at home. He's uh, oh man, his wife's leaving him. He, you don't know what he's gonna say. They didn't finish it with a hard R. Right, 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 right. The, the, I'll tell you, um, that 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 group of people, we have to be more deliberate about who we allow to hold elected office. And if this hadn't changed, opened my eyes up to anything, we need to start electing people that are just revolutionary in nature. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, like, and I'll say. The- if you have your Joe, if you have your Joe Biden's, they'll just be like, "Oh, he's a dirty commie. He sleeps with Dosh Kapital under his pillow or whatever." Yeah. Like that's just what they do. Like 
they'll get they're gonna call you that stuff anyway. So like, why even try to like do these like on guard situations? You just gotta be like, well, yeah, fine. You gotta make it work for you. You gotta be like, yeah, those things you're saying they're true, and now you're just telling all your uh, coworkers. You know what I'm saying? Right. When you're trying to change the perception of somebody who's actively misconceiving, like, like how you are is like just beating yourself in the head. When you say revolutionary, when we should be like electing people who are more revolutionary, what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, people that don't mind go going to going down to to that hellhole of a state capital and saying y'all are full of shit. Mm-hmm. You're doing this like sitting in a chair and say you all are doing this for big money. Mm-hmm. We just had a meeting with so and so who just offered money to your family's business and just start blowing shit out the water. I mean, like mm-hmm. they want you to sit there and play by their rules. I'm sorry. We're not going to play by your rules anymore. We're going to make the rules. Yeah, the, like the, the the rules of like like Senate decorum and all these other things, where you know there's there's just sort of like a way that they can sort of manage the way that you it, like engage with the, with the public and with other senators. Which all it does is just take the edge off of everything. You know, it's very very. It, it's I don't know. It dilutes enti- like the entire like any entire message that you're trying to get through. Well, and it's it is it, it is. It is again, privilege on its very face because it's a way for you to say, oh, I can't believe you talk that way. Yeah, um, That's not how we do that. Well, I mean, who gives a shit? It, it's the way you do it. It's not the way that I do it. And so why do I have to change the way that I do stuff? Because of the way you want me to do it. And so mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just always frustrated by what I consider this to be this... Um, set up established rules. And so the other thing I'd say is like people like you, Jeff, mm-hmm. people, people like me, people like Karanda Corley and, and, mm-hmm. and Maria Harmon need to run for office. Mm-hmm. Um, our, my state rep is term limited here. I'm running. Oh, I'm, are you? This, this, oh, yeah. Are we you breaking got, news on the years. show? <laughs> huh? Are we breaking news on the show? <laughs> right, listen, listen, I got three years, but I am going to run for state rep because I think that we need more people that are capable of standing up and saying this shit is wrong. The way that we're doing business is wrong. Well, three years gives you a lot of time to build a campaign, build a constituency, building an organizing apparatus, absolutely, and, and starting making those connections with uh, with groups throughout the state, I mean, or throughout your district, uh, which is really fantastic, because that's Clay Hicken's district right there that you live in. You know what the other great thing is? The person that is the current state rep... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not U.S. congressman. But that um, that gentleman that was who who is in the seat right now, mm-hmm. I ran his campaign when he won the first time against an incumbent Democrat. Oh, so I'm nice. very familiar with the district. I'm very familiar with the walking routes. I'm very familiar with the people. I probably knocked fifty percent of those houses doors myself, and so I have an advantage. The other thing is people are tired of getting beat down by a system, and our state reps don't say anything. I mean, under under this situation with Trayford Pellerin. The Legislative Black Caucus hasn't said anything, nor has the governor, nor has the white counterparts in the legislature. And so mm-hmm. there's something rotten about the way that we're doing business that needs to be changed mm-hmm. for the yeah. Legislative Black Caucus not to send out a release indicates to me some backroom deal and shadiness. Yeah, absolutely. Well, or yeah, or just so if, if it's not the backroom deal or shadiness, it shows a certain level of venality where there's a, a fear to uh engage or, or plug into that kind of thing i don't know like it would be it would be extremely appropriate for that group to to speak out on this issue for sure 
Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, what do they have to do? What are they playing? Like some kind of like political game? They like they lay off this stuff until it's in a swing state or something. Like what are the places that are like really getting all the like all the like controversy on these things? It's like Tennessee. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is that, is that I'm on something here? Like who who? How do they decide uh, who to respond to the people in, like the the legislative black caucus and stuff? Oh, so I listen. I that, that's a very good question. They they take their marching orders from the governor. I, I, why I don't know. And there, there are a few of them that that have said stuff, like said stuff, mm-hmm. right? But but not sent out a press release, not gone to a microphone. And say, There's a problem here. And then I get these messages from elected officials that are like, "We're going to take care of this in the criminal justice committee." Fuck the <laughs> criminal justice committee. That's bullshit. Like the fucking criminal justice committee has been around, I don't know, since y'all had a fucking state capital. Mm-hmm. And so y'all haven't done anything except for make rules that protect police. Mm-hmm. Alana Odom said something the other day when we were in Baton Rouge that was really powerful. She said, in Louisiana, you are better off guilty and white than innocent and black. And I believe that. Mm-hmm. In Louisiana, you are better off guilty and white than innocent and black. And that's because we have perpetuated a system that backs up police misbehavior. And listen, I have relatives that are cops. Mm-hmm. They're not all bad, but the system is rotten. The system of accountability is rotten. They get fired from one place and can go work in the next parish over and continue the brutal, brutal right. practices that they do. But they don't have to have a single, there's no single solitary certification arm that they can pull their certification. Shit, we got to jump through 300 hoops to go and teach children, but they can get a gun, can shoot somebody 10 times in the back. And just to go back to that, I know I'm segueing back to this quite a bit, but with Trey for Pellerin, they shot him in the back in the direction of a store where people were on the inside because they were trying to protect the people on the inside. I right. want you to make that make sense. His back was very threatening. But they shot into the store. They yeah. shot and busted the glass on the door. Like you could have killed the people on the inside yeah. with your stupidity. In fact, lucky they didn't. I mean, like, you don't want to, like, I don't know. It, it, wasn't Trafer so let's get into the specifics of that too. Like Trafer was only armed with like he didn't even he had a knife, perhaps? That that has not been confirmed. Uh-huh. But what I do know what I do know is they followed him from one gas station to the next about a half a mile or a little more. Yeah. They had a, a dog, they had pepper spray, they had tasers, they had several opportunities to, to utilize a different uh, they they could have de- did several things differently and didn't. Mm-hmm. And then they just sent a press release out about eight can't wait campaign that they've been working on with this chief of minority affairs that the mayor here has hired. That's a secretary of the black people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And number four is use all alternatives before using lethal force. Well, right. shit, you didn't give that man a chance. You didn't use all the options you had available. No, they took no options. They were just like, let's go skip right to the, right to the shooting part. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then, and then again, they and, and I kind of want to connect this to the Breonna Taylor situation in Kentucky that that uh, recently. Um, so in, in that situation, there was a no knock warrant uh, on her home uh, and her partner or spouse or something like that apparently had a gun. Um, but the police like and he was firing upon the police because they had, had because they had just bust into his house with no with no announcement, no anything. And, you know, Brianna was murdered. She was shot out multiple times. And the only charge that was uh, put on the police were 
property damage and wanton disregard for safety or, 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 or things like that. Well, here's the interesting thing. One of those jurors went out and got a court order for them to unseal it because the attorney general never presented the charge to them. And now he's trying to crawfish and back out of it. I don't know if y'all see, seen that, but now uh, he's, oh. Yeah, lay, yeah, lay it out, please. Yeah, no, he, so he says, oh, um, that wasn't a charge we presented, but the grand jury could have presented any charge they wanted to. But the grand jury takes up what is presented to them. Yeah. They don't make the charges. And a normal grand juror is not going to be adept at the criminal code. Okay. So they're not going to go and flip through the criminal code and say, you know what? No, we're going to charge murder on this. They go based off what the AG says. But his little lying ass is married to Mitch McConnell's granddaughter, which is another <laughs> this jackass. And so what you have is now the AG of Kentucky caught in a fact that he did not even present murder charges. And that grand juror was pissed and got the court order because he missed the attorney general misrepresented what he presented to the grand jury. Right. Uh, is that something that they can uh, try again because of like a mistrial or something like that? Yeah, so they can. I think they, I think they can bring it back to the grand jury because he was not charged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had do double jeopardy, but they weren't, he was never charged. And so if you bring it back to the grand jury, right. the grand jury says indicted, then it's yeah, indicted. It's like an investigation. You can investigate somebody as many times as possible as long as you don't charge them. Well, they could also right. do federal a federal charge as well. But oh, with this president, not, I doubt that it would happen. But but I, I mean, in a, in a different world, perhaps that would be a possibility. Um, I think I think with Joe, um, I think with Joe that might be really possible. And I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think the statute of limitations would have run out by that time. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say, like, sidebar segue, mm-hmm. my brain is bringing me to, like, January 20th that they do inauguration. Yeah. yeah. January 20th. So what I'm hoping, if I was Joe, I would just get up there when it was time to speak and be like, I did have, like, a whole speech prepared. Just get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on up, Mr. Chief Justice. Get your shit get out of my house. Um, but, yeah. Um Nice. I think with Breonna Taylor, what it showed was that no matter who you are, you are not better to them than the floors of other people, right? Like Mm -hmm. they charged the floors Mm -hmm. of other apartments before charging a murder of a black woman who was sleeping in her bed. And quite honestly, their behavior led to the death because they did not follow appropriate police procedure. And now the recordings are coming out of them walking around the damn crime scene against police procedure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just doing whatever. Yeah. No. So when does all this stuff come out? Oh, this is like, it's like post post grand jury. Yes. Yes. I think somebody's really pissed about the fact that that the person wasn't charged. So, I mean, it's such a hot button thing. Like everybody looks into it. Like everybody's got an opinion on this thing. Like, so I'm sure there's some kind of people like looking through these records and FOIA stuff, like just like trying to put this stuff together. People are like very adept at that. Yeah. I agree. And I think, I think that people are just tired of being bullshitted by the government. So now they're like, let me go do my own research on this crap. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, I guess as we sort of like wind it down, um, what do you see as some sort of like, you know, possible first steps forward 
to to kind of roll in this thing back other other than the obvious of of uh, getting the, the the Trump question handled there's also like the way that these things have have manifested or like never been resolved on the local level and the question of like getting people who are as you said revolutionary elected to the office might be one part of it but how do you get to the uh the conditions so that you can have people who feel a empowered b are sharing resources and networking with one another to kind of push for that kind of effort in a broad amount of areas as opposed to in an, in an isolated sort of situation you know yeah, that's a that's a powerful question and i think the answer to that is show up uh-huh. i think show up to your city council meeting show up to your school board meeting show up show up and stand in solidarity because every time you show up you subconsciously give your colleague your comrade the, the ability to show up the mm-hmm. the the, the the permission to show up, the courage to show up. And so we must continue to show up. And I think that's the starting point. I think that we need to mobilize. I think we need to protest. I think mm-hmm. we need to show them that this country was built on them protesting the government of England. And mm-hmm. so your protest was okay. Then ours is too. Mm-hmm. I think we continue to show up in a way that scares the hell out of people. Um, I think we continue to show up in a way that makes people realize we're not going to go away. I think the second part of that is not only registering people to vote, but having a robust voter mobilization plan for mm-hmm. election day yeah. um, and for early voting. We must vote early like our lives depend on it and this country's soul depends on it. Mm-hmm. I think our ability to get regular lay people to realize how important these elections are is also really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so what I'd say is, show up and give them permission to vote. Mm-hmm. Go to your neighbors and say, hey, vote. Hey, I'm going down to vote early. Come get in the car with me. It'll take 10 minutes. I think that's the, the second thing. When I think the third thing is like, be reflective about what you're bringing to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And are you bringing your entire self to it? Um, What's that? No, I said, so yeah, just, you know, be reflective about what you're bringing to the conversation. Sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then there is the question of sort of like maintaining and organizing and, and sort of like reaching out to those contacts and kind of keeping in touch. Uh, that's critical as well. Um, so I guess um, you wrote a great article for Big Easy called Rue Racism Reality. You can check that out on BigEasy.com. Uh, also, you have you been doing any uh, Let Me Educate You lately? I haven't seen quite so many, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely always itching for one. I have not, but I will do one again soon. Um, I, 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 the page is over, gone over. It's going to have a facelift when you see it next. Uh-huh. So it, it, what's that page called again? Uh, let me educate you. Let me educate you on Facebook. Let me educate you on uh, on Instagram. Yeah, check out Jamal. He's been doing some really great live streams uh, as well from actions and, and with some really, really badass folks. So, uh, yeah, Jamal Taylor and apparently running for uh, running for state house. Love to hear that. Uh, who's, the, who's the other person that's uh, term limits coming up? Who's the other person you say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vincent Pierre. Mm-hmm. Vincent Pierre is current, the current occupant of that seat. And so his term is up in three years. And we're going to hit the ground running. Stand 10 toes down for the people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I heard that. Uh, it's, uh, good luck in your, uh, in your running. 
yeah. Man, like, thank uh, you. And Jeff, thanks for having me on. I, man, I really appreciate it. You know, it's always a pleasure to be in the company of somebody I consider a friend. And so aw. when I make it big time, I won't forget about you. Oh, we'll hit it big together. How about that? Um, every step of the way. Um, and, and once again, Saturday in Lafayette, if you are in the area, please show up. Well, where's it at again? Park San Suisi, we're starting at 11 o'clock. Please come on down, get some food, get some jambalaya, get a hot dog, and just come and be part of our voter registration drive. And in fact, shows up at four. Come and stand in solidarity for change. I love to hear it. And you can uh, listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday on WHIVFM. You can also check out our podcast releases on goodmorningcomrade.com. Donate to our show, patreon.com forward slash goodmorningcomrade. Thank you so much, Jamal. Scott, peace and love. Love you guys. Bye. All right. See y'all later, folks. Take care. Hey, man. Nice meeting you, Jamal. Nice to meet you all, folks.